We are back for another week of the BC Buckets Podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. My name is Matt Gall, and I'm joined here, as always, by head coach of the Briarcliff basketball team, Mark Sfigera. This week, we got a few more things to talk about before we finally get into uh, talking about games next week, believe it or not, because next week's episode will be the first episode of the year where we're actually breaking down the first opponent for the year. But for today, we've got kind of a full schedule of uh, finishing up the roster that we didn't talk about last week. And then, of course, we will get into uh, coaches' life rules and, and some other things. But before we do that, I'm going to introduce our guest here, who we'll talk to a little bit more in detail as we get going here. But we've got assistant coach Brian Forbes joining us, also an alum and uh, a familiar face to a lot of folks who are listening out there. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's an honor, man. It's an honor. Does it feel like you're officially, you know, back and in, in that you're officially part of this this I, program I, now that you're a guest on the NAI's best podcast? Yeah, nothing really felt right until right now. So, like now, I feel like I can start doing my job. Well, good, uh, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you here in just a few minutes. But last week we talked about the uh, the underclassmen on the roster, uh, some newcomers in the freshman class, and then uh, the sophomores who, who made a jump, obviously, into their second year. So before we get into talking about the roster, Coach, why don't you just fill us in on what's been going on this week since we last talked? Yeah, since last time we talked, we, we had a pretty busy week, actually. Um, I think we were getting ready to practice last time we recorded, and uh, we had with five practices last week and, and had our media day in there which that's always, you know, it's good to have the, the local media cover us like they do. I, I know we're really fortunate in that regard here in Sioux City where a lot of schools we compete against, a lot of other schools in the GPAC don't get that same kind of coverage. And, and we had all the news channels here. We had the Sioux City Journal. We had a couple different radio stations here. And so it's really good to get that kind of coverage. I think it's a great experience for our guys to to talk with the media and, uh, and you know, put for some people a, a face – to a jersey number they see out on the court. So that was really good, but I think the the culmination of the past week, we had a scrimmage yesterday against University of Sioux Falls. We went on the road for the first time. I always like to do one road scrimmage, one home scrimmage, because I think it's good to practice traveling, as stupid as that sounds. it's I don't want the first time we do something for real to be the first time we do something. Just like anything we would do on the floor, we're not going to throw something out in a game that we haven't practiced first. And so practicing traveling is, is a really good thing, and, and having a nice short trip is a luxury. And, you know, we went up there, and, and Sioux Falls is a program that a lot of people would be familiar with. You know, through 2011, they were a GPAC member, and, and Briarcliff obviously played a lot of games against USF over the years. And they, they've been a Division II school here for the last eight, nine years and really built a strong program in the Northern Sun Conference. And it's a, it's a program and coaching staff that I have a lot of respect for. You know, I'm friends with their coaching staff. And so it worked out really well that we could go up and scrimmage them. And I also knew when we scheduled it, they would give us a very different look than other teams we've scrimmaged and definitely a different look than what we are ourselves. And so that was really good. Uh, they're, a, they're a big physical team. You know, I think they were – no, I don't think. They were bigger and probably stronger than us at every position. And we had some really good moments. We played really, really well in stretches. We played not so well in stretches. And one of our focal points here over the next nine days before we play for real 
is trying to, to balance that out a little bit and have a little more consistency where we have longer stretches of good and shorter stretches of not so good. But uh, we shot the ball well, which was good to see. Um, at times, we were really good defensively. At times, we were kind of like a leaky drain. Um, but we're getting there. I think there's a lot to be excited about right now with this team. Definitely going to be a work in progress, especially on the defensive end to start the year. But a lot of really good things. And we were able to play a lot of guys and, and get some guys some different looks and some different lineups. So it, it was a really good week. It was a busy week. Um, traveling obviously always extends that a little bit. But it was it was a good week. And I, I think, well, I hope at least, after nine more days we're ready to go. Right now we're not quite ready to, to go full on, play a game. But, but we're close and we have some things to clean up. And that, that's going to be our real focal point here the next week, week and a half. So with these scrimmages, I know I know every year uh, you, f you find somebody in the region to – kind of gauge where you're at against how close to do these scrimmages against other programs, whether it's a JUCO program or a D2 program like Sioux Falls, uh, how close does it come to an actual game day experience as far as, you know, is, are you playing two 20-minute halves? Do you have officials there playing, you know, uh, officiating the game? Is it basically, you know, a, a realistic game environment just in an exhibition format? Yeah, you're, I think the first thing, you're not going to have the crowd. You know, we had one here, and there's probably 50 people here. Yesterday, 50, 70 people were in the gym. So you have a little bit of a, a crowd noise at times. But I think the biggest thing is having the officials out there, which we do, and, and having them call the fouls. Whereas in practice, between the five of us on the coaching staff, we call fouls, and none of us are officials, nor do we want to be. So we're, we don't always do a great job. And, you know, sometimes we're looking for certain things and trying to prove a point with guys about hand checking or illegal screens and so we overcall things yeah. but when you get into a situation with the actual officials it's good and and we were we were lucky both scrimmages we played we had good groups of officials and it gives gives me a chance when they're calling a foul on this or a travel on this just to ask them why you know what are they calling what can we teach better it's a good learning experience for us as coaches as well because that can help us in practice and how we're going to call fouls when we do that on a daily basis. So it's very game-like. You know, we approach it from our, our preparation, our shoot-around, when we get to the gym. All those things, we try to simulate a game day as much as you can. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is the guys wear their practice gear instead of a uniform, and I was coaching in a T-shirt and shorts yesterday, which isn't a bad deal, to be honest with you. And, Coach, another news item, I guess, from the last week is that the GPAC uh, preseason coaches poll came out, and they've got Briarcliff pegged as number five, at least going into the season. And I know, like we talked about last year, you know, it really is nothing more than just kind of a gauge on where the coaches in the conference think teams might fall. Um, and Morningside was up at the top. Uh, I don't think that's much of a surprise. You know, they return a lot of good guys from a very talented team. And behind them, you've got – you know, kind of a logjam of teams, including teams we've talked about quite a bit with Dakota Wesleyan and Dort and Jamestown and us, obviously. And then behind us, you know, it's not like there's a huge gap. So the GPAC, as always, is going to be a competitive league. What were your thoughts on, on seeing where you guys fell? And what does that do, if anything, in terms of bulletin board material or whatever to take into practice or, or how you approach your guys? Yeah, it's, you know, as coaches, we vote on that and it's a guess. You know, you, you try to take into account who do they have back and, and what did they lose and, you know, what have they done recently. And, and we're really just guessing uh, the best we can. And it's, it, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's something that we're not going to sit here and dwell on it because, like we talk about with our guys, 
regardless of what outside expectations or polls or rankings would say, the standards and the expectations that have been set in this program for a number of years now, they're just going to remain the same. You know, we expect to be competing at the top of the league and, and playing to get to a national tournament and all those things. And that's not going to change because we graduate people. It's not going to change because our roster looks different or anything like that. We have a lot, we have a lot of guys really bought into that right now. And, and that's the exciting thing. I, I think the biggest thing the preseason poll does, it kind of determines where teams might or might not be ranked in the national poll. And I know that comes out this coming week. And, you know, whatever it is, it is. And we can't control it. And, you know, like I said a few minutes back, we have nine days before our first game. And if, if we're sitting here worried about preseason polls and rankings, we're just not in the right frame of mind. We want to make sure we're focused on preparing ourselves to be as ready as we can possibly be come next Tuesday when we play Graceland. And like we said right at the top, this will be the last full week of practice before you get into your game schedule. Uh, you've got a home game to start the season on Tuesday, October 29th. Uh, Graceland comes to town, and they're obviously a team that's had some success in the last few years with a national title at the NAIA Division I level. Um, and then you guys will be on the road, it looks like, for, for quite a bit. Next week, again, we'll talk more about upcoming opponents. But you know, going into your last full week of practice, do you really start to get detail-oriented with some things now that you know guys have had enough time to kind of learn your, your general philosophy as it relates to both sides of the court? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a very detail-oriented week. There's still a couple things that, that we need to throw in that we haven't really talked about, you know, situational things that probably won't come up but possibly could. And so we need to make sure we're, we're hitting on that and we feel good about all that. But I think one of the best things about playing these scrimmages we've had the last few weeks is just having some things exposed that we need to work on. I think I said last week, when you play against yourself every day, you get really good at guarding yourself and how you play. You get good at scoring against your own defense. Well, you know, like yesterday, for example, Sioux Falls, a big physical team, didn't shoot nearly as many threes as us, exposed some things that we need to work on. And, and the same thing happened when we scrimmaged Central Community College a couple weeks back. It gave us a chance. For example, that scrimmage, we were really disappointed in our transition defense. We spent a lot of time over the next two weeks doing extra work, extra emphasis, whatever it is. And we, we did a really good job yesterday in our transition defense. Now, there's some other things yesterday that, that came up that we're going to need to hit on. And that's the beauty of these scrimmages because at the end of it, regardless of what the scores were in both, we're 0-0. Zero and zero before we play our first game. And, and that's the view. There's not as much pressure, so you can really work on some of those things. Coach Forbes, I know we're going to talk to you a little bit more a little bit later, but what have you seen in your first year coaching here, especially under Coach Figuera? You know, when you played here, uh, you were playing for a different head coach. And so what – I mean, have you noticed any any changes, whether slight or significant, in terms of Coach Figuera's style from Coach Nelson's style or anyone else that you've played for? Yeah, I would say there's differences, but I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing at all. Uh, I would say that Coach Guerra came in as a head coach and is doing it a different way than Coach Nelson, but keeping the same uh, expectations, the same stuff along, and it, it works perfect. Uh, if he tried to be Coach Nelson, it wouldn't work. And I know he's talked about that before, too, and he's got to be Coach Figuera, and he definitely is. And I think the guys like that. Uh, we all respond well to that. And that's why it works, I think. So, yeah. I mean, there's differences, but 
they're all good differences, I think. For sure. And we'll ask you some hard questions to compare the two uh, when we when we interview you here in a little bit, too. But uh, before we do that, uh, let's talk about some of the guys on the roster that we didn't have an opportunity to get to last week. And that includes all the upperclassmen on the roster. And so uh, let's go ahead and get started with the junior class. So let's start with a guy who had a couple uh, pretty big games up in the national tournament last year. Uh, following kind of a slump where it found like he couldn't really find a shot, but fortunately found it right at the right time up in Sioux Falls, and that is junior Ethan Friedel. Yeah, Ethan, um, you know, second-team all-GPAC player for us a year ago, and, and thinking back, it seems like a long time ago, he actually started the year coming off the bench for us. That was something last year we really liked. He brings a lot of firepower offensively. And I really liked having that off the off the bench, kind of like what the Spurs did for years and years with Ginobili. We wanted to do with Ethan, and, and when Eric got hurt last year, it, it just it naturally thrust Ethan into the starting lineup, and, and he had some huge games for us a year ago. I I think of at Arizona Christian, I think he had 25 in the second half, and then the next night he goes for 28 in the first half. Um, at Midland, he had 30 some. You said the national tournament. You know, that West Virginia Tech game in the Sweet 16, he was one for nine, one for ten at halftime and finished with 32 points. And one of the best attributes he has is he's a confident shooter and he he has a short memory where he has that ability to flip that switch on and, and really get hot from three. I think one of the best things about Ethan is he's expanded his game. You know, looking at our, our scrimmages, he's got to the free throw line a ton. He's improved his assist turnover ratio to the good and he's shooting the ball more efficiently than he did a year ago and that's those are all really good things for our team and him individually uh, you know and we're certainly expecting him to have another big year for us and then we'll switch over to another South Dakotan and that's uh, a guy from Harrisburg Will Johnson yeah Will's a kind of like how we talked about Jake Carley last week I can say some of the same things about Will he's a tough dude he has been, um, you know, last year a phenomenal practice player for us. Played played sparingly at some different times when we needed somebody and, and performed well. But uh, he's he's one of those guys, too, that if there's something going on in practice, there's trash being talked, it's getting really, really competitive and heated. He's definitely going to be in the middle of it. And uh, he, he had a great offseason, I thought. He works really, really hard on his own and, you know, We'll see what this year brings for him, but he's he's a great teammate and a phenomenal culture guy for our program. And then the third junior on the roster is the big guy, uh, Austin Roteman. What have you seen from Austin from last year? Well, I, I think one of the biggest things with Austin, you know, and he had a great offseason for us. He really did. I thought he was really locked in to getting better, getting stronger, expanding his game a little bit. And he did a great job of that. But I think right now he's playing with more confidence than he's ever had. And, you know, he was in a position the last two years. He was our backup post player. And there was games where he might play 20 minutes, and there's games he might play two minutes. And, and I know that's a hard position to be in. You know, you don't ever really know one game to the next. And, and now he's really confident. I mean, he's put himself in position to start for us at, at the post spot. And, you know, through 20 practices and a couple of scrimmages, our offense is running really smooth when he's in the game, and, and that's a credit to him. He's comfortable with everything we're doing. He's gotten better and better defensively. Um, you know, is he is he the best defender in the league? Probably not, but he's just gotten better and better. From where he was as a freshman, 
He really learned what we wanted. He's learned to stay out of foul trouble, which is a big deal when you're a post player because you're just going to be in more positions to get fouls called on you. And, and he's really listened and learned what we wanted and needed him to do. And, and I'm really excited for Austin and, and the year he could have for us. So from a good group of juniors, we turn now to a group of seniors. And we've got a guy who's had a pretty illustrious year, a guy who's you know been on the squad and, and contributed in other ways, and a newcomer. And we'll start with the newcomer, and his name is Tony Bonner. What can you tell us about Tony? Where did he come from, and, and what kind of role do you see him fulfilling? Yeah, Tony's uh, he's a transfer as a senior. Um, he's a guy we actually recruited back when I was an assistant coach still. He's from Council Bluffs, Abraham Lincoln High School, and we recruited him really hard. He ended up going to Wayne State, played there the last three years, and, and transferred here for his senior year. And Tony's a big-bodied post player, gives us a different look than a lot of the post players we've had over the last five, six years. And he, he's dealt with a, a couple little nagging injuries here, so he's not quite been a full go yet. But uh, he, he just gives us a different look. Like I said, he, he's got a nice touch around the basket and a, you know, a big wide-bodied kid who can take up a lot of space around the basket. And then we've got a, a name that's been familiar with the Briarcliff community for what seems like about the last 15 years, and that's probably pretty close. And that's a kid by the name of Geelan, Andy Geelan, a guy who was on the squad, left for a year to pursue some volleyball interests and decided that he couldn't, couldn't totally give up the sport. And so he came back, and I know he's contributed in, in some various ways. What are you expecting out of Andy this year? Yeah, you mentioned his career path. It's, it's been an interesting one. Uh, he was on the team as a freshman, you know, a conference championship team when Coach Forbes was a senior. And then at at the end of that year was when I took over as head coach and, and Nick stepped away from coaching. And he came to me and expressed an interest to play volleyball and something that he really liked doing. And, and so that's what he did as a sophomore. He's on the men's volleyball team here. And then at the end of that, I think he really missed basketball and, and he wanted to come back. And, and Andy's a great kid, so I had no problem having him back in the program. And last year, you know, he was kind of a practice player for us. He's a, he's a really positive leader. Um, he's always, ha always has high energy in practice. Even last year on the bench, you know, he didn't play hardly at all. But he's a high energy guy. And I, I think he has become probably our most vocal leader. You know, every day at the start of practice, he's getting guys going. He's, he's making sure the energy's high and the intensity's high in our practice. And, and he's also... I mentioned this before about some guys. He's put himself in a position to to play for us this year. He had a really good summer. Like I said, with Austin Ropeman, I think his confidence has soared quite a bit. And and so I'm excited to see what he can do. And, and I I love to see seniors come into their own. You know, we've had that. I talked about it last year with Nick Lutmer. You know, similar situation. A couple of years back, one of Coach Forbes' classmates, Jordan Comstock, you know, played off the bench for us and, and had never played a meaningful second before that. And so I, I think that's been a, a hallmark or staple of our program is having those guys develop and, and just guys working really hard to put themselves in position to help us in one way or the other. And then last but not least out of this class, we've got a guy who's looking this year to put an exclamation point on what's been uh, just a, a fantastic career at the cliff. And and I know he's a guy who, who puts a lot of high expectations on himself and loves to compete. And that's senior Jackson Lamb, who last year was a first-team all-GPAC player, uh, honorable mention All-American, and somebody who, you know, I, I'm assuming you're going to expect to take a huge leadership role this year. Yeah, and, and I, 
I had a pretty massive oversight the last couple episodes that I didn't bring up something that Jackson won this offseason. He was actually named the NAI's Emil S. Liston Award winner. And what that is, it's an award for a men's basketball player. You have to have a high GPA, and you have to be an outstanding player. He's the first one from Briarcliff to win it at the national level. We've had other guys who've won it at the conference level. And it's, it's a really big deal. It's a very prestigious award that's been around for a long time. And Jackson, I apologize for not getting to that on one of the earlier podcasts. But, you know, Jackson as a player, you know, you look at his career, he's already a 1,000-point scorer. He's on pace to be the all-time three-point leader at Briarcliff. Um, he's been an All-American. And you said pushes himself, expects expectations he has for himself and all that. And that's true. And, and I think what well, maybe – Maybe some people know this, maybe some don't. I probably put higher expectations on him, too, than anybody else. And he's a guy – I've coached Jackson really, really hard. Really hard. Probably overly hard at times. But he's he's a guy that's just gotten better every single year he's been here. And if you look at the trajectory of his career as a freshman, again, he was on that team when Coach Forbes was a senior with a loaded senior roster, and he played for us um, off the bench. Not a ton, but he played – the next year, he's a starter for us on an Elite Eight team and a second-team All-GPAC guy. Last year as a junior, he was having a great year already, and he was one of the guys when Erdman got hurt, we really expected to step up, and he did. You know, just like I said with Friedel, he had some huge games. And Jackson played really, really well down the stretch last year and and got himself to be an All-American, the 20th in Briarcliff's history. And, and I would expect nothing less from him this year. And he's been really good for us through practices, in our scrimmages. He's really shooting the ball well. He's added some things to his game, you know, a little bit of some post-up game that he hasn't really shown before. He's finishing around the basket really well. And at the end of the day, he's always going to he's gonna make his money shooting threes. That's just what he does, and that's what he is. But having other options to go to has made him a more complete player. He works really hard to get better defensively. That's never been his strongest suit. Um, he's a great rebounder, and he, he's a great teammate. He's a high-energy guy, and he takes a lot from me and just keeps working and keeps getting better. So I, I can't say enough about Jackson and, and what he's meant to the program, what he's meant to us this far, and what he's going to mean to us for another six, seven months here. So there you have it. That is the full roster for the 2019-2020 Briarcliff Chargers basketball team. Um, I know it's going to be it's going to be fun as a spectator to watch how those guys step in to fill the roles that guys like Eric Erdman and Jay Wolf uh, just just giants in terms of of uh, historical players at Briarcliff University. How these guys are going to come in and, and fill those gaps and uh, you know it's it's going to be an absolute joy to watch watch how they do that. So like I said, we'll talk about next week's game uh, in a little bit more detail next week's episode but make sure you clear your calendar for tuesday october 29th seven o'clock here at the newman flanagan center on the campus of Briarcliff. make sure you make plans to get to that game because uh like i said it's going to be a, a great game against great competition and a chance to see what what this team's all about so with that we're going to move over to this week's guest like i said we've got uh, assistant coach brian forbes joining us this week and uh, brian you know you graduated you wrapped up your Briarcliff playing career and then went right into your coaching career and went down uh, and, and had the opportunity to uh, get a spot on the coaching staff down at, at East Tennessee State where you have some family connections. Why don't you tell us about, uh, about that experience, how you ended up down there, what that experience was like, and ultimately what brought you back here to the cliff? 
Yeah, I was I was really lucky. Uh, Coach Nelson and Coach Figuera were definitely when I was finishing up my career here, uh, helping me out, trying to figure out what I wanted to do after that. Uh, and that was kind of why I knew that these guys were important to me because they were helping me out after basketball. Uh, and then, yeah, Coach Forbes, uh, Steve Forbes down at East Tennessee State, he's my dad's first cousin, um, and I've known him forever. He's always been willing to help me out wherever I need to go, uh, and he's done a great job at everywhere he's gone. And he luckily called me one day at, as I talked to him. We actually went down and practiced uh, at the IBCA uh, clinic my senior year, and he was talking right before us. Uh, so I got to talk to him there. Uh, just shared my interest in trying to be GA wherever, uh, and it just so happened that there was a spot open, and he let me come on, and it was like the craziest two years. Uh, just hopped in the fire and figured it out, and learned so much those two years, and it, I was so grateful for it, and saw so many cool places, met so many crazy coaches and everything that I couldn't imagine. Uh, so I played at we played at Rupp Arena. Uh, played Kentucky, shook Calipari's hand. That was crazy. Um, and just stuff like that. And it, it was a great experience for me and kind of helped me gear up to get out in the real world even more. And then luckily Coach Figuera called me one day and there was a spot open. I'm here. So, yeah. Awesome. And not only did you get some Division One experience, but uh, you went down to a pretty successful program at the in the Division One ranks down in the Southern Conference. Obviously, you talked about being at, at Rupp Arena and, and those sorts of things. But what, I guess, what were some of the most memorable moments of your experience coaching at that level? So this might sound like really like cheesy or whatever, but it, those moments are cool. But it's just like the everyday experience of being on a team like that and just being on the bus. Uh, hang out in the coach's office, talking to them, listening to their, like, meetings and stuff. That stuff was, like, the best for me because I was just, like, literally absorbing everything, just trying to just learn everything they did. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool going on the trips and going to Xavier and playing there and seeing all these great players. But, like, for me, the experience of just just being around that program for two years and seeing how they ran things, how practice went, all that was probably the best for me, honestly. Coach Figuera, I'll kind of turn it over to you. Have you – I mean, are there things that Coach Forbes has brought to you guys, uh, things that he learned down there that he's brought to you that, that you think will be advantageous to what you do here? Absolutely. And, and you know, Brian talked a little bit about how he got to East Tennessee. The un, unknown fact here is that I actually informally hired Brian to be our grad assistant when I first took over as head coach, and he bailed on me to go to East Tennessee State. I say that jokingly because I was behind him 100, 110% because I knew that was going to be a, a great experience for him and, and the respect I have for Coach Forbes and his staff at East Tennessee State is immense. You know, I've, I've seen him play live and, you know, I watched him on TV a lot if I could when Brian was down there because I had a rooting interest there. But I, I knew that he was going to learn a ton. I knew he was going to be held to high standards. I knew – he was probably going to get his butt chewed if he didn't meet those standards. And I'm sure he can tell you that he did, you know? And so when, when I, when coach Shipley stepped away from coaching, it was, a, I didn't have to look very far to, to figure out what I wanted to do. And, and I knew that I wanted somebody that knew our program. And so I thought, wow, I mean, who better than a guy who helped to build us where we're at right now as a player and, and just the, the fact that he's been gone for two years was probably the best thing for him. 
just seeing something different. You know, he played for Coach Nelson. I was the assistant. But the program hasn't changed a ton. You know, some of the things we do, absolutely. And, and, and like he said, Nick and I are, are different coaches in a lot of ways. But I think the overriding culture and, and things we're really trying to do in the program have stayed the same. So he just saw a different way to do things. And, and he was at a program that I know is, is very defensive-oriented, where we obviously skew to the offense a little bit more. And so he has a lot of ideas there. And so your original question, has he brought things from ETSU to Briarcliff? Absolutely. You know, just new drills. It's like every week he, he comes up with a new idea for a drill. Hey, we need to work on this. This is something we did at East Tennessee State that was really good for us. And so just throwing some new things at our guys and, and individual workout things and all those, he's, he's done a really, really good job. And, and I knew that would be the case. And I, I think Nick would tell you the same thing. We saw a lot of qualities in Brian as a player that were going to translate to his coaching. You know, and someday when he's a head coach, he's already got the the talking to the refs down. So <laughs> so on the flip side of that, you know, things you brought to Briar Cliff from that experience, what what things did you take with you from coaches you've had at the, here at the Cliff or teammates or anything like that that you were able to use to bring into to their program down there? Um, I think that – here, the the thing that like you take away with you when you leave is that you got brothers, you got a family here. Uh, it's really, really close, uh, and that's what I wanted to bring down there. Is I mean, there already are like that at East Tennessee State, but like just being a guy that I can be there and they want me to want me around. Um, I'm gonna work hard and just be a guy that every day when I'm there, they enjoy being around me and I enjoy being around them. If you're just a guy that's just bringing the sour attitude and everything, it just kind of suck and it's just not fun to be around it, it kind of just wears on the program so I think when you're hanging out with people all the time doing all these things together I think one of the best things you can do is just be a positive person and just bring energy and be a happy person be someone that everybody wants to be around and enjoys your company and that actually goes a long way in a basketball team I think so what have been your thoughts so far uh, this year with some of the newcomers? And obviously, you know, even some of the the uh, guys other than Jackson and some of those seniors who you probably weren't too familiar with. What what things have you seen that you've been impressed with? Uh, what are some things that, you know, you think this group of guys maybe brings that's maybe a little bit different from when, when you were playing here? I think this is a great group of guys that are willing to just work. Uh coach says something challenges them or I challenge them to do something and they look you in the eyes and they say yes sir and they go do it uh and that that can be tough especially some of the things we ask them to do they're tough but they're, they're not scared to do it um they're willing to work uh they're not caught up in any uh, any of the hoopla any of that they're just here to play basketball and work and do whatever coach wants them to do whatever's best for the team uh and, and having a team like that man that's my first assistant job that I can't ask for anything better than that so all right. Well, you know, as as you probably know, being a listener to this podcast, we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions here uh, that are going to run the gamut from anything from they usually range from food to food to food and then maybe something else. But uh, we're going to start with something that's not food related. Something I don't think I've asked before. What's the most embarrassing song that you would admit is in your regular rotation, your music rotation? I literally think we had this conversation on the bus last night. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So um, it should be an easy one. It's going to have to be Adele. Uh, yeah, something Adele. I I don't know. There's a, I, I'll listen to any Adele, uh, but 
and I'm not even too embarrassed about it to be honest with you. So yeah, yeah anything Adele, I'm down. Yeah, it's I if somebody if I lost my phone and somebody found it, I don't think I would go claim it just on some of the stuff that I have in my uh, iTunes there. But uh, Adele, any song in particular, or just just something about her voice, her talent? What yeah. is it that? Nah, like Austin Leffler said last night, you have to listen to listen to Adele. Your like dog has to die or something. But like for me, I'll listen to Adele right now. To be honest with you, I think it's just a mood set. I like it. She's got a good voice. Okay, all right, yeah. Adele. Uh, best movie you've watched in the last year? It has to be a new movie. Just the best movie you've watched in the last year. So it doesn't have to be a new movie. Just something you've you've watched recently. The Spider-Man cartoon movie. Okay. Uh, the Into the Spider-Verse is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched it with my little nephew. Pretty good. Okay. All right. Best burrito in Sioux City. El Guero. You got to get it wet though. What burrito? Beef, chicken, shrimp, steak. Steak, okay. All right. All right, so thinking back to your playing days at Briarcliff, obviously we had some really good teams. Game on the line, need a bucket, who you going to, guys you played with? Eric Erdman. No question. Even with the busted up leg, draining threes at the national tournament last year. Yeah, no question. I'm giving him the ball. Sorry, Clay. Sorry, Leffler. It's Erdman. Same situation. Who's the guy you're begging, Coach, to leave on the bench? Oh. Oh. Begging? But it has to be a guy that, um, yeah. Dang, that's a it, tough It can one, be man. anyone anyone on the squad. Just Even if it's somebody who doesn't play, just like, Coach, don't forget, this dude does not go in in this situation. Jordan Comstock. Jordan Comstock would get nervous and throw the ball into the crowd. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Maybe we'll have to have Jordan on to uh, to refute that or, or at least uh, plead his case on why he might be an option there. All right. So this is going to draw on your experience at ETSU, and it's going to throw it into a Briar Cliff setting. So last two years playing in the SoCon, played against one of the great shooters in college basketball history, Fletcher McGee from Wofford. If he was on a Briarcliff team in the last three, four years, how many points per game does he average and how many three-pointers does he make in a season? And keeping in mind that your junior year, Clay Harold made 142 threes. I got him scoring 36 to 40 points a game, and I'm not even kidding. And I got him setting every NAI record for three-pointers in a game, in a career, in a season, in a row, everything. <laughs> Not counting yourself, but who's a guy uh, that you've played with since you since you started playing at Briarcliff? Who's a guy that you think their game would have translated best into the physicality of uh, what you know the style that's played at at the SoCon level in Division One basketball, basically? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think Erdman actually has probably the best chance in Division One basketball, just by the the way he moved, the way he dribbled, his step. I mean, he wasn't. His size would have held him back, but the way he could have shot the ball, he could have made it. Uh, and other than him, Clay, you, any anybody could take a shooter on your team in Division One. Like Clay was a Division One shooter. Uh, his defense, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that. But but yeah, I'd say Erman probably had the best chance uh, if he had a, he was at a Division One school. 
Well, coach, we appreciate you coming on and, and, uh, you know, obviously we're going to, we're going to see you around a lot this season, but I guess before we, we let you go, I mean, what, what do you want to tell the fans and the people who are listening to this about, you know, what, what they can expect when they come watch Briarcliff basketball this year? Uh, I think this is an exciting time for Briarcliff basketball because it's a little less uh, familiar faces. Uh, there's some dudes stepping up this year. Um, and it, we're playing it a little different. Uh, there's just a little different feel on the team, feel and vibe around campus, everything. It's just it, – it's going to be one of those years where I just think it's exciting that we're going to have a lot of dudes that are just going to play hard. Uh, and they're going to do whatever it takes to win. It doesn't matter how we're going to win. They're just going to try and find a way to win. Uh, and I think that's exciting, and I think that's a team that everybody can get around and cheer for. So that's exciting. I think that they got a, a lot of good characters on this team, and – it's going to be exciting to see just how we grow as a team because we're definitely not going to be playing our best basketball here in a month from now. It's it's going to be two months, three months. We're just going to continue to get better, I feel like. So I think for fans, I think I would just really be excited to come watch some new dudes play. Uh, and it's going to be exciting. Coach Figueroa is always going to have us playing exciting offensive basketball. So And defensively, hopefully we can find a way to get some stops. So. All right. Well, like I said, uh, next Tuesday, not this upcoming Tuesday, but next Tuesday, October 29th, uh, we'll see you and Coach Figueroa and the guys in action. Thanks again uh, for coming on. So we got to do a couple things here. As you all know, uh, a, a bonus of listening to this podcast is that you get to take some of Coach Figueroa's life wisdom and life rules that he has picked up along the, the road of his life. And so we're going to turn it over to him and, and let him impart some of that wisdom upon us today. Yeah, this is, this is just going to be a real quick one. Just spatial awareness in your relationship to where you're at in regards to other people. The amount of people that, that don't realize that, don't adhere to it, whatever, is staggering to me. We've had some guys in our program that have really helped me develop my philosophy on this. In particular, Nick Lutmer, Jordan Isma, those two guys – you know, they would just walk right into you because they didn't realize you were standing right in front of them. And so just have spatial awareness, recognize your surroundings, don't walk backwards into people. There you have it. We'll just leave it at that. That's pretty straightforward. So another thing we're, we're going to do uh, this year is I'm going to ask Coach Figuera some champ or chump questions. So I'm going to give him some little scenarios or something, and he's going to say champ if it's something that he would approve of or chump if it's something that he would say, no, you need to stay away from that. So we're going to go a little bit themed this week. Uh, we had a wedding this weekend that we went to, and so there were some things that I was curious to get your thoughts on. So the first thing we're going to start with, uh, participating in group dances such as the Cupid Shuffle, et cetera. What are your thoughts, champs or chumps? Is neutral an option? Uh, I uh, guess. Uh, Just explain uh, yourself. Uh, I'm going to say champ. You know, a wedding reception should be a fun time, should be a high-energy occasion. You know, get out there and, and participate. How about adults who wear jeans to a wedding? Ooh, I think that kind of depends on the setting. You know, I'm pretty standard. I'm going to look like at a wedding like I look like on the sideline of a basketball game. I'm going to wear a suit with no tie. That's just kind of my standard go-to. So I want to do it. I'm going to say chump. And then the last one, something you don't see a lot, but uh, something that I've been to a wedding before where they had a live band instead of a DJ. What do you think about hiring a live band instead of a DJ? Champ. Nothing beats live music. Um, I say that. My wife and I had a DJ at our own wedding, but I'm all for live music. All right, so there you have it, two champs and a chump this week. 
So if you have any weddings coming up, make sure you uh, play this back on your way out there. Make sure you're not breaking any rules. Before we wrap things up, we'll hand it over to Coach and let him throw out a shout-out. Yeah, two shout-outs real quick. You know, one, this will happen a lot this year because we have a, a, a pretty loyal following, parents, fans, whatever. And, you know, we had a lot of people up at Sioux Falls yesterday to, to check out our, our scrimmage, so shout-out to them. And then our men's soccer team is rolling right now at Briarcliff. I think they're on four or five straight shutouts, not just wins, shutouts. They're, I believe, tied for first place in the, in the G-Pack with a couple weeks here to go. So hopefully they can keep that rolling. And it, it's an exciting time. Our women's soccer team's in second place too. So soccer's rolling right now at BC. It's exciting to see that. So there you go. Congrats to them on a, on a good season so far. And, and hopefully they finish strong here as that season starts to wind down. Uh, like I said, next week, we're going to talk more about the upcoming game against Graceland. So make sure you tune in then. Obviously, we'll fill you in on how this last week of practice went. But it's, I mean, it's the season's here. Games are here. We're, we're going to be rolling here, uh, which is pretty exciting. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. Make sure you get any questions into us. Uh, this week, we, again, we didn't have any listener questions. Uh, Coach, one more chance. Come on. Let's, keep these, let's get these questions going again. I'm going to start calling people out by name if we don't start getting some. Well, let's go, let's go champ or chump. Somebody who doesn't submit a weekly listener question. Chump. Chump, get them coming. That, that, that's one of my favorite segments. Gall doesn't share those with me ahead of time. I'm put on the spot. Those are fun to do. Get the questions rolling here. So send those in to bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com or just tweet us. You can tweet us the questions too. They don't have to be a surprise. We like them to be, but uh, if you find us on Twitter, we're at bcbucketscast. Again, that's at bcbucketscast on Twitter. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and close things out. We will talk to you next week. On behalf of Coach Borg and Coach Figuera, my name is Matt. We'll catch you next time.